What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Lunch Hour Sports Show. This is Jake, joined as always by my good friend Dan. What's now, up? Dan, people may be wondering, what what happened? What, what what was going on? I was sitting there last week. It was Wednesday, and oh my goodness, I was looking for the Lunch Hour Sports Show. It wasn't there. And you know what? We're, we're true to the brand here, Dan. And, and it was a bye week. Yeah. Had so, ours early this year. Yeah, you know, you know, well, it depends on what what season you're talking. Unfortunately, this is uh not, this is not our full time profession, and <laughs> we we lead many real lives, and so uh you know stuff happens, things just get a little bit crazy. But also, it was kind of an in between. There was some big stuff happening in this past week, and so we were just like, hey, why don't we come back and just recap all of the crazy stuff that's about to go down and boy some crazy stuff went down in terms of your preparation on the bye week dan did it uh how did it go for you yeah we did a great job we won the bye week uh love love that our team can go one and oh in the bye week and uh oh. great great chance to to <laughs> prep and prepare and uh we're looking to go one and oh next week so we're ready for our opponents yeah oh man thanks coach dan yeah the bye week was great we're gonna be doing a little bit of we got a little rebrand. We got a new logo coming at you. We're going to have some social media pages up soon. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. We're going to be posting some fun stuff there. Never. We, we, we appreciate all, all your time and your wonderful support just by clicking the play. But on that note, like Dan said, be looking out for some some socials out there. And, uh, you know, if you haven't, like, like the podcast, follow it. If you're on Spotify, you know, drop a five star on it. All that good Typical cringy podcast promotion stuff. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do it for other folks, you might as well do it for us too. That's right. It We're the only sense. ones that give you a full meal when you come That's listen exactly to our right. show. So, Yeah, how many other folks are out there feeding you? <laughs> not a single one. That's right. You're not going to get this service anywhere else. Oh, man, well, uh, by week, how, how about the by weekend there, Dan? How was that weekend for you? It was good. Uh, I, I mean, as good as it could be coming off what our what our bravos did on thursday mm. night but um yeah mm. i went camping in in such as georgia um just to kind of get away the phillies they drove me into seclusion this weekend and I was such hoping is, is seclusion there it, there is if people are like Ooh, like yeah there's nothing in such as it, that's right you blink twice it's gone and that's why that's why i loved it at the same time uh, i was hoping i would have the chance to go see our bravos do something fun Saturday night, but not to be, uh, as they say, such is life. Oh, man. <laughs> so. I probably could have appreciated that in a different headspace, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> as you mentioned, the vibes are low yeah. in the state of Georgia right now. Very. So I appreciate your efforts, but, oh. Yeah, that's the funny thing is we also went quote-unquote camping on our end as well. Um so our daughter has been wanting to go camping for a while and we were, we're, we're ramping up if you would, we're, we're getting there rather than just go throw ourselves in the deep end. We're like, well, why don't we do a little backyard camp? You know, we have a little fire pit and pull out a tent and just try it out in the backyard before we go graduate, you know, step up to the big leagues and all, all was well, but holy cow, it was cold. Dan. It was very cold. It was very cold. It was cold uh, Saturday night, but it was starting to dip down into the forties. It wasn't quite as what you went through last night. So camping is one of those things, like you said, you cannot just go all in right away because then you'll find yourself out in the woods and you'll be like, holy crap, I'm hungry. I don't know where I'm at. 
is that a bear? Like it's, <laughs> you have to be, yes. you have to be seasoned. So I appreciate you bringing up your daughter in that way, not jumping into the deep end of the pool, but waiting in. That's the smart thing to do. Uh, yeah, we tried, we did encounter some wildlife though. The neighbor's cats were quite active. Um, <laughs> and they were jumping on top of the tent, which was a little disconcerting. Oh, that's actually kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, just laying there and all of a sudden you just kind of hear this like, Whoosh. And it's like, okay, it's one thing to hear something walking around on the tent, but something like walking on to the top of it is a little different. But um, Cats are the devil. Yeah, so. and I tried to remind them of this as they sat there attempting to pet them while no. we were all gathered around the fire. And I was like, we don't need this. We don't need this bad juju around here. That is the minion of Satan himself. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Sorry to the cat people out there. That's where we are. Not, though, so... <laughs> Dan is not sorry. Satanists. Marlins, Marlins fans and cat owners. Dan has. Hey, no. the Marlins were dead. Tell me now that I'm wrong. <laughs> like, anyway, go ahead and can, flip the coin. I can appreciate you sticking to it. Who who flipped last week? Who called uh, last week? You flip it. I don't care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. We're down bad. Uh, who even cares? We're what down bad today. What is life? All right, I'm gonna flip it, and uh, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call heads because everything that I love and hold dear has failed me. So, it's heads. Look at that. Would you look at that? Um, I tell you what, Dan. Because of course we don't just come in here blank every week. I, I have an inkling of what your coin toss is, and I think I need it. Okay. I, I think I need to to propel me through the sadness of what may come later in the show. So I'm I'm gonna give it to you because I, I personally need some boost here. Okay. We can do that. Should I explain what this is? Just a hair, but not too much. Okay. I wanna I wanna preserve the gotcha. the the surprise and the shock and all factor. We wanted to come up with a fun way to uh recap the like during the day NFL Sunday games in a short package way and we thought there's no better way to do that than basically simulating an opening crawl Star Wars style for this week in the NFL. So here goes. Emperor Swift returns. The watchful eye of Travis's girlfriend in the throne room above had the Chiefs' offense looking like trouble when they walked in. The play calling had plenty of blank spaces, and the passing game looked as if it was stuck in 1989. However, the Chiefs rallied the Rebels together for an ugly win over a Broncos team whose general Sean Payton claims, it's brutal out here. Not a Taylor Swift song, as the Broncos aren't with the program and haven't been all season. The Patriots have done it. They finally outscored the Boston Red Sox in the month of October, but failing to defeat the Raiders, as Mac Jones has many wondering, did it all fall apart when he reached for Sauce's Saucers a few weeks ago? Mad Max Crosby reaches Valhalla with a late safety, and the Raiders hang on. Holy The Panthers, a.k.a. the Young and the Winless, threw the first punch, but the light speed of the Dolphin offense rallied back for a big home win. The acrobatic Tyreek Hill needs to stop stealing people's phones for backflip selfies and start wearing socks. Mike McDaniel has clearly lost the team. You've heard of Sleepless in Seattle, but how about Sloppy in Cincinnati? The defense has kept the game alive as neither quarterback could get the aerial brigade set. 
In the end, Burrow's early connection with some young Bengal kitten receivers won the day, and Geno couldn't handle the two towers of Cincy, as B.J. Hill called game. Bengal 17, Seahawks 13. The Ravens beat the Titans in London. I missed this because I was asleep in the North Georgia forest when this game was on, but remember, kids, my tier list said disregard the Titans. That we did. That we did. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Brandon Ayuk hurtling a defender. It's also Brock Purdy falling back down to earth as the offense of the Niners couldn't escape the temple of dog. Moody wasn't feeling it for the would-be walk-off field goal, and the Niners lose their first game of the season. Aaron Rodgers can walk. Aaron Rodgers can throw a football. Aaron Rodgers is hanging out in the Jets' locker room. I'll take three statements that meant a lot less in August for 400, Aaron. The return of the king proved fruitful as Brees used his hall pass for a late score, and those three Eagles interceptions hurt so good. Your Philadelphia Eagles are again the NFL's last remaining unbeaten team, but only for a couple of hours. Jets still a huge win and save their season. Any questions? Week six, NFL. That was incredible. Thank you. You can expect that weekly for the rest of the year. If that doesn't keep people returning every week, I don't know what will. Any questions? I'm throwing it to you now. Do you have any oh. questions over this week in the NFL? I mean, well, one, how dare you? Um, I said di- no. I said disregard. I mean, <laughs> yeah, tell me I'm wrong. The Marlins a, are dead and disregard the Titans. We had a separate conversation where you where you said, you know what? Turn the notifications on on those little titans. When did I, I didn't yes. say that. I didn't say you, that. Uh, you said it. You said it. Wait. Yes. All right. Here it is. This was on Thursday, October the 5th, 3.07 p.m. How Tim McGraw helped Titans sign DeAndre Hopkins, whose love of country music yeah. forms his post-NFL plan. Okay. <laughs> never mind. Titans are now turned notifications on. Yeah, because I no one cares about playing football. They don't care about playing football, Jake. I risked. Let's sell out a concert venue. Well, I mean, it's Nashville. I mean, this that's is true. half the this is half the city. Maybe that's the only reason D Hop wanted to come play for the Titans. I mean, reason enough, you know. Fair. Um, it, it, but add a way to throw in that hey, now we're we're out of unbeaten teams. Yeah, all gone. No more. I mean, the Eagles lasted for a few hours, and then. Do you think that that says anything? Should should there be any concerns out of those losses, or is this just the fact that this um, NFL season, you know, I am slightly concerned about the Niners' injuries right now. Um, mm-hmm. And Brock Brock Purdy looked very average, but he certainly didn't play a bad game. In fact, Brock Purdy put them in a chance to win. Like he had a good drive there at the end to put them in field goal range, but the kick didn't go through. And that's what sucks is you got a lot of. Niners fans being like, is Brock the guy? Is Brock Purdy the guy? Where if that kick goes in, it's like, dude, Brock's the guy. He led us on a game when he like this is football's mm. stupid, and this is we're we're just stupid people. Without McCaffrey, I don't know if they have a super solid running game that they can lean on in those situations, which throws off the play action passing. I don't know. I'm not concerned about the Eagles because I just think the Jets are kind of figuring it out a little bit. I think the Jets have moved into like kind of decent territory they're in they're in the post Aaron Rodgers world they're yeah. finding their new team almost oh he's going to be back this year Aaron Rodgers is going to be back and 50 percent of America is going to jump on whatever he's whatever he's taking because it's it's working 
It's the darkness. It's the darkness. I might, I yeah, might plunge into the darkness. The Braves might need to plunge into the darkness. Oh, don't go there already. Okay, we'll get to that. But yeah, there's the. This is basically. <laughs> we wanted a quick way to recap the the week of the NFL, and we thought we could do it Star Wars opening credit style, and then riff off that into some other like pop culture movie references. So that's basically the idea of this, and uh, I'm gonna run it back each week. I mean, you you said a lot by saying a little. That was magnificent. If you'll remember, last week we did, or I guess you would say two weeks ago, last episode, we did the MLB playoff teams as office characters. And maybe a character trait of our show is that we do enjoy The Office. A lot. Um, yeah. Among other shows, but The Office is the crossroads of we both love that show a lot and a lot of other people love it. So we can do theme stuff off of it. Exactly. Um, we could also do some Brooklyn Nine-Nine references, but that's not going to land quite as well. It won't, but we should because people should watch that show. It's awesome. They definitely should. Yeah. But yes, in that same vein, uh, you know, we're really halfway through the college football season. I mean, we're, we're coming upon week eight here. I know there's, there's bye week factor in, but you know, we're, we're kind of reaching that point where, more of it is going to start being behind us than in front of us. So what we wanted to do this week was for the top 10 teams is Imbish or Admirable <laughs> and assign them each Impish or Admirable. Um, they will either receive a nice gift in a little wooden bowl or they will be smacked by Bell Snickle. Um, He's by whatever loose. little, yeah, by whatever little, um, aggregate of twigs. It was and like branches. a one of those cinnamon brooms you can get at the grocery store this time of year. Exactly. So yeah, we're gonna go through the top ten here and um, just kind of give some thoughts on each as to whether you would consider them impish or admirable. And a quick sort of clarifier is not so much if the team is good or bad, but in terms of is this a title contender. Not even contender, like, can they do it? Sure. Can you picture them hoisting that trophy at the end of it, like mid-January? So do we want to start at the bottom, work our way up? I was going to say we could start at the top, actually. Yeah, let's start at the top so we can kind of get into the weeds a little bit as we go along. Um, So let's go ahead to Georgia, the number one. And this is the top 10 AP poll as of the start of week eight. Um so, newsflash, I think that Georgia is admirable. Now, the way that they have played at times throughout this year has not been admirable. I will, I will gladly uh, secede that. Is that. I don't think that's the right word. Um, either way, I'll, I'll give that. Uh, they have not always looked admirable. But just in terms of talent on the field, the coaching and the experience. And I mean, honestly, yeah, the, the, the schedule the rest of the way, I, I think that there's a lot in Georgia's favor. I, I still, in some ways, don't feel as though this team has reached their full potential. So even if just on upside, that's my take, at least on the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm pretty much aligned with you. I'm going to say admirable as well. I mean, we just saw it last weekend with Kentucky. Like, they get up for the big games. And I 
no, we should not be using Kentucky as the measuring stick of, well, they beat Kentucky real bad, so they can win a national title. No, I see what you're saying, but Kentucky's a good football team, and they just, it, they didn't just beat them. They just, like, that was a massacre. That was, it was I mean, yeah, it was 51-13. Like, it was significant. It was very, it was, it was, in the spirit of Halloween, it was scary to watch. <laughs> it's, there's still some questions of, like, you know, the Brock Bauer injury right now. Mm-hmm. How much is that going to ail them? Uh, is Carson Beck, can he take you to that extra level? Does he really need to? Can they, they can get up for the big game against a Kentucky, but can they get up for a big game against an Alabama or an LSU that they might have to see at the end of the season? These are, these are answers we don't have for the current team, but these are answers that we have from previous Kirby Smart regimes. So that makes me feel good mm-hmm. enough to, yeah, they're admirable sure. for sure. It's yeah. a pretty bad schedule, and it's still there, there's tougher schedules out there. But just in case anybody's wondering, you know who they're playing the competition. They play Florida next week. After that, it's ranked matchups minus Georgia Tech. So of the next five games, three of those are ranked. Yeah, you have Missouri, Ole Miss, and Tennessee. Again, there are tougher schedules out there, but we're not going to be able to act like oh they played absolutely nobody. They never beat a tough opponent. We're going to see him against some tough teams over the next few weeks. All right, let's move on to number two, University of Michigan. Yeah, so Michigan kind of falls into a similar boat with Georgia and that we're kind of sitting here like, well, what have they done against quality competition? They've had some good, some good wins in terms of they've handled their business, but they have not come against the most stellar competition out there. Yeah. Coming into this year, I was big on Michigan just in terms of what they return. I mean, they return some of, if not the most, production uh, coming into this season. Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh is a good coach. He, he's been around. So I think that they also are admirable and have a chance to win it all. I mean, the defense, if anything, and I know that the opponent – Quality is is not quite there, but they have only lit up the most points they've lit up so far this year is ten against Minnesota. Every other game has been single digits. Yeah, it, it's kind of wild. So and here it, lately, they they struggled with some slow starts earlier in the year, but here lately they are just just housing teams like. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean they just played Indiana and they didn't play anybody much of note before that but that i'm gonna say admirable as well with the caveat of i want to see what they look like against one of those you know big 10 east teams before i fully fully commit but mm-hmm. my hunch is yeah they're gonna be there for sure yeah i had to total it up just from looking at it they've lit up 47 points all year that's crazy and across the seven games, they're, they're averaging less than a touchdown, 6.7 points a game for in terms of offense or opponent scoring. That's just wild. That um, is wild. Wild and out. It, right, wild and out up in Michigan. Um, oh, Harbaugh's the wildest of the bunch, man. I'm just picturing Jim Harbaugh on wild and out now. <laughs> and... That might be what, what it takes. To, like. That might be what it takes to get them over the top. I saw in his press conference he was talking about. He was like, "Yeah, so uh, my wife just got us a YouTube TV, dude. It's crazy. Like, there's 
there's so many games. There's so many games. It's unbelievable. We're it's it's a happy Harbaugh house right now. He did not say that. He did. I can I can send you the clip. He said it word for word, just like that. Word for word. Oh my gosh. He really did. He really did. <laughs> what a goon. This man. He didn't think goon. to get that before his suspension. Right. His three game out. Yeah. Well, he was too busy running the chain gang at his uh at his kids' games. Yeah, and so. taking to McDonald's after. You gotta love it. Well, we're gonna figure it out for sure because Michigan has to play this team, which is next on our list, which is Ohio State. This one is tough because on paper, they have done what you would want a team to do to prove mm-hmm. themselves as admirable. They have uh, one of the best wins out there. Now, it, it maybe it's not aged so great. They're kind of like Michigan outside of Now, they have the big win that Michigan doesn't have. But outside of that, the competition just hasn't really been there. They had a close game against Notre Dame. And we now know some more about this Notre Dame. Actually, I don't know what we know about Notre Dame. I mean, we're not going to talk about them because they're not in the top 10. But who in the world are they? They've lost to Louisville. They had a close game with Ohio State. And then they just blew the doors off of USC. Well, I'm so confused. USC stinks, so. Well, their defense stinks. No, they stink. They just stink. Even, well, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, Caleb Williamson did not have a great or Caleb Williams did not have a great day. He he had a bad game. He doesn't stink. USC stinks. So with that, I just I, I don't know. I'm putting Ohio State in the impish category just for a few reasons. My personally. Oh, I, I still don't see Ryan Day has not proved it yet. He is not shown that he's gonna he's gonna go and, and win the whole thing at a place like Ohio State, coming not out of like a train wreck of a situation. Now, maybe there's some bad things behind the scenes, but like that program was in a really good spot when Urban left. They had good players. It wasn't like a total rebuild thing. And even with that sort of step up, it still hasn't happened. And there's, I mean, Kyle McCord has played great, but he's still not C.J. Stroud and what they've had in the past. And, um, you know, they very easily could have lost that game against Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. You can't play a game of what ifs, but I I just don't see it in terms of them winning it all this year. And I may not have great reasons for that, but that's what my that's what my gut tells me. I, I'm right there with you. And it comes down to Kyle McCord is good and he's developing, but he's not impressive enough to overcome maybe a little bit of a back step on their offensive line. Their his O line's fine, but they can't there's gonna be teams they play, especially in the Big Ten, where the run game gets shut down. It's just gonna happen. And do we trust Kyle McCord? Kyle McCord's gonna have a stinker or two. He's he's good he's due for it. And also the Ohio State's defense is fantastic. I mean they fly around the field, they make the right plays, but I'm I'm just a little concerned about so I think they're losing this weekend. I think they're losing this weekend to Penn State because Penn State is a very similar team that has a couple more athletes in some spots where Ohio State has a bad mismatch, and I think they've just got the better quarterback. I think Drew Aller is going to make plays that Kyle McCord cannot keep up with, and I think that's that could be true about Michigan. That could be true about any team they could face if they were to get in the playoff. I just don't see – I could see Ohio State getting the playoff. I can't see Ohio State winning it. 
Sure. Well, and as you talk about Ohio State's defense is really good, you know whose defense is better? Who's that? Penn State. That's right. Uh, I mean, just if you look at the numbers, Ohio State's defense is third in points per game allowed. Um, they are seventh in yards per game allowed, 35th in turnover differential. Penn State is second in points per game allowed. They are first in yards per game allowed, and they're second in turnover differential. But Penn State got to play Iowa. <laughs> I know, but, you It's know. throwing the numbers off. <laughs> it's... Well, but you still have, and that's the point of doing this exercise when we're doing it, is there's plenty of other opportunities out there. Like, the, we have a good sample set of oh, yeah. data here. For sure. Um, so even with that, sure, it was it was definitely thrown into the mix, and that's something to talk about. But, I mean, there, there were other games out there that, I mean, they also have not lit up. They've not lit up more than 15. That's the most they've lit up all year. They have two shutouts. One of those was Iowa, and of course the other was UMass. And the Iowa win, the Iowa win is good. It's a ranked team. And Mm -hmm. honestly, that week one win against West Virginia just keeps looking better and better. Speaking of our original college football playoff predictions, a team that neither of us had picked here at number four, the Florida State Seminoles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, since you're our resident ACC guy, I'm going to toss this one to you to give, give your thoughts on the first go, Dan. I'm going impish. Um, mm-hmm. I know this is a uh, a very biased take as I very much detest Florida State University, but I think this is a very, very good team. I don't think they have that second-level gear that can go up against a Georgia or a Michigan or somebody in that realm, even a Penn State. Jordan Travis is very good. He will make mistakes. Their running game could get shut down. Offensive line, much like Ohio State, it's good, but it it can be susceptible to getting outmatched from time to time. There's some holes in the defense, and we've we've honestly seen Florida State just struggle a little from time to time. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't see it with Florida State. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they catch wind here in the back half and and do it because they do have the talent in certain spots. But as of right now, yeah, I'm just not. I'm not quite seeing it there with FSU. Um, that's a that's a good point. Uh, those are good points, rather that you make. I, I'm gonna lean on admirable, just because they they may be the most proven team that we've seen this year that's in true. terms of they've had opportunities, you know, both to prove and and disprove themselves, and so far they they continue to win. And win yep. the games they're supposed to in the tough games. I mean, I don't know. I think LSU just goes out there deciding to make each game a thriller. They're like, uh, yeah. we don't like forget performing to our standard. Like, how can we just make this game the most exciting game we've ever played? But still, and even in that instance, though, they they thrashed LSU. Um, they got the monkey off their back with Clemson. And they've, I know, red bandana game. There's the only other one in there. Um, yep. can't, but can't they, count it exactly. So I, I'm going to take admirable on the upside, but similar to some of these other teams, we're going to figure it out. They got to go play Duke this weekend, play him at home. That's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. And, um, they still have to play Miami, which I know that their trend is down now, but mm-hmm. they still 
They're above 500. They're doing a lot better than we thought they would. And then, you know, there's that game against Florida at the end of the year. Smells weird. It does smell weird. Yeah. It smells a little, a little swampy. A little funky. Because it is swampy. They got to go to Florida yeah. as well. And so that game just kind of sits there. And now if they go into it undefeated and then they win the ACC, I think they'll be okay. But mm-hmm. it still just kind of lurks in the shadows as one final hurdle to overcome. The other I think team, they can do it. Sorry to cut you off. The other team mm-hmm. that lurks in the shadows is North Carolina. I mean, they might have to see North Carolina in the championship game. North Carolina looks very for real. So let's move along to number five here. They have skyrocketed themselves in this conversation as of last weekend. The Washington Huskies. This was their chance. This is their opportunity. They've been just smashing teams this year. That offense is ridiculous. The defense plays up to par. And here they come to go play Oregon. And they, I mean, they did it. They showed folks, yeah. Like we're we're legit. They have the Heisman contender and Michael Penix Jr. That that wide receiver core is just stupid good. It, it's it's the best in the country. It's so good. It's ridiculous. I think the Texas is out of control. I think Texas has a better one two, but if you look all across the field, even in the slot and depth, I mean, you, I think you got to give it to Washington. Yes. Here I come with the team rankings again. But they are fifth in points per game. They are third in total yards per game. First in passing yards per game. Yep. This offense is just out of control. I can't. Um, I can't help but watch this team. And this is a this is a uh, wild comparison. But I can't help watching this team and think about that 2019 LSU team. Just a little bit. Wow. Transfer quarterback throwing the ball all over the field. Amazing receiving core. Defense has some holes, but they have talent. Maybe they can figure it out in the end. Like, I'm interested to see where they go in the back half of the season because stock is higher than it's ever been right now with them. Where do they take this? Yes. Because it's easy in the Pac-12 to let your guard down and lose a couple. So your exact note right there is why I'm going impish on the Huskies. And I hate to do it. It feels wrong to do it. But just looking at the rest of the schedule, they play Stanford. Well, they play Arizona State and then Stanford. After that, back to back to back to back. Is that to back? How many backs is that? I need four. Either way. <laughs> USC. <laughs> exactly. It's just a Chris Berman home run call. Sounds like a chicken. Um, <laughs> but anyways. Um, after these next two games, the end of the year, four straight, at USC, they host Utah, at Oregon State, and then Washington State at home. The Apple Cup. The Apple Cup, man. The Pac-12 has this history. Now, I know this is, things are changing and it's about to get shaken up, but they just kind of beat themselves up. And I would love to see it happen, but I don't know if they go through those last four games with one loss. I'm with you. I'm also going impish for for Washington because this secondary is a little suspect. There were some look, that was a classic game. It was 
it's right up there with Red River as the best game so far this season. Two, those are two quarterbacks that are going to play in the NFL, Bo Nix and, uh, and, and Penix. You like Penix? Penix is good. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not going to comment. I'm just going <laughs> to... You're not going to get me today. You, you do your thing, bud. <laughs> anyway, Michael Penix Jr. and Bo Nix are going to be NFL caliber quarterbacks. But there was some just jump balls from Bo Nix thrown up with a prayer that somehow got completed just a little bit too often. There was some busted coverages. That is a suspect secondary. And Washington, they, I need to see a game where Washington can just command the game on the ground. That's something, mm -hmm. talk about that 2019 LSU team. They had a home game against Auburn against Derrick Brown and Marlon Davidson that was not going the way they wanted it to. And that was the game they discovered that that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fella could, could tote the rock. Sure enough. They need a game like that before I can be fully convinced. And they need to win an ugly, scrappy game against a team that's very physical. I think they can win that game, but I need to see it to believe it. So until I see that, I'm going impish. But this is setting the stage for a run that I would love to see Washington go on. Dan Lanning made a very controversial call. Mm -hmm. Going for it there on fourth down. I'm not saying he wanted to lost the game right there because we saw how they moved the ball down the field to go and, and take the lead. It, it Something could be said for did Washington win this game or did Oregon lose it? Could Yep. I don't know. Could be. It's just and something to think about. I don't know if you want to do like a two-for-one special, but that, that might be why I'm going impish on Oregon as well is because very yeah. similar team. But I don't trust Bo Nix, and I honestly don't trust – I love Dan Lanning, but I think he needs to – I mean, Kirby had to make his mistakes a couple times before mm -hmm. he figured out how to beat Bama, and I think Dan Lanning has to figure out how to win these giant games that he's going to play in the Pac-12, soon to be Big Ten. Okay. By the way, the big what a win for the Big Ten this weekend with this game. I mean <laughs> – Right, <it's>, yeah. <laughs> um, I hate it, but I think I'm going to have to go – impish as well because now you're talking about to kind of preserve your hopes you've got to get through going to utah you get usc at home you get oregon state at home um that's the thing though is now you've lost your margin for error i mean we used to call him bo picks for a reason like mm -hmm. he, he's got a little tony rono tony romo in him where he just late in the game makes a weird throw that he it's very ill-advised. I, 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 I love this Oregon team, and I'd love it's they're, they're in the same vein as Washington for me. I would love to see it, but I don't think I can believe in it right now. Number six, you want to talk about a brain teaser? Oklahoma Sooners. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this team. I don't know what to do. I, they just continue to 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 play good football. They have the quality win against what was number three, Texas, there at the time. Um, their schedule outlook is pretty good. I mean, they got UCF, which is going to be a little plucky. Uh, Kansas stills there. Uh, Oklahoma State, you never want to look past Mr. Gundy. That's right. You never want to look past the mullet. He's uh, um, he's what now, 56? He's getting on up there. He's more of a man than ever. He's 
<laughs> even more of a man than when he was 40. That's right. Look out. <laughs> Those who know will will get the reference. Um, you ever see that video of him drinking a vodka smoothie? No. Oh, man. So I got <laughs> to send you... it, though. I got to send you Jim Harbaugh discovering YouTube TV, and I got to send you Mike Gundy spilling a... I spilled a vodka smoothie on my sweater. <laughs> I love it. It's 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 gonna. I can almost picture it now. I, I'm just gonna go for it. Oklahoma is admirable. Me Oklahoma too. Oklahoma is Me admirable. Too. Excellent. Yes. I love it. I love this they, team. They are one of the most complete teams in the country right now. Yes. On both sides of the ball, I know I can be a sucker for these team ranking stats, but let me just go through them really quickly. They are fourth in points per game. They are sixth in total yards per game. They are fourth in passing yards per game. The slip is rushing yards per game. They're 55th. Okay. I mean, you're still talking the top top half and your passing yards, your top five. Points per game allowed, they are seventh. In uh, turnover differential, they're first. Number one. Uh, passing yard per game per allowed. Oh, the passing yards per game allowed, they slip back a little bit. They're 53rd, but still, again, we're talking top half. Like, they don't rank below that 55 mark in any of these statistical categories. They have an excellent offense. Dylan Gabriel is a top-tier quarterback in college football. And he's experienced. He's experienced, and it's like you took the Oklahoma teams of the past that could just score at will – and then you brought in Brent Venables, mm-hmm. and now they have a good defense, and they're, they're just a little bit scary now that way. A little bit, and I think there there might even be some skill players that we haven't totally seen flourish yet get some reps because take a look at Oklahoma's schedule too. They are not going to be threatened by anybody up until they may have to see Texas again in Dallas. If no more can, ranked opponents on the schedule right now. Yeah. They're they're in the clear, barring any weird upsets because we know what college football can do. They are in the mm-hmm. clear. Even if they do drop one, they're still going to get a chance to play Texas again. If they can somehow beat Texas again, you're talking about a team that has a full belief in themselves right at the perfect moment into the college football playoff. I could, I could absolutely see, and I could see Dylan Gabriel just being that kind of steady, like, grandfather of the team in a way at quarterback and oh, old grandpa he can run he can throw he can he can throw with accuracy downfield I mean I there's nothing about this team that I look at and don't like I think some of the people that doubt this Oklahoma team just see them as well they went they went six and seven last year so they can't that's over dude like and that was year one yeah. New head coach. In a very tumultuous transition. Like, mm-hmm. one of the worst we've seen <laughs> in recent years. But yeah, yeah, I love this Oklahoma team. I'm I'm very high on them. Um, let's move along. Number seven. We've talked about them a little bit, so we'll do this pretty quick. We've got Penn State. I mean, we pretty much know where you stand. Admirable. Um, <laughs> Told you in time, August. Big time admirable on the uh, on the Penn State. Nittany Lions, I'm going to say impish, strictly on the fact that they're going to have to go and pay play Michigan. Not a believer. And I, and, uh, yeah, no, that's, I'm not. Like you, you can close that label on me. I won't 
sh- I won't shed it off clip in it. any way. Clip that. Clip it, dude. Cl- clip clip it and it. send it to James Franklin right now. <laughs> Let him like you know scrub off his glasses and be like, "Who is this emailing me?" And open it up. I'm fine. He'll he'll get to that clip right after his very sugary morning coffee. Of course. Um, I was very disappointed. Black coffee, coffee then I'm not scared of you. They could still drop this game against Ohio State this weekend. I think they win it, but that's a possibility. If they win it, they still have to play Michigan. And I just like Michigan right now a little bit more. That's fair. I'm not going to give it too much more. That's just where I am on the Nittany Lions. That's fair. It, it comes down to in the in that Big Ten East is just like who do you think is going to win these games, mm-hmm. and it's not to take anything away from some of these teams because they're all very good, but it's like only one's getting out. Number eight, the Texas Longhorns. Uh, we just briefly touched on them. They're talking about Oklahoma. I think Impish. They have the potential to move that needle and get on the admirable side, but it's tough for me when you cannot control your own destiny. And with Oklahoma above them right there, having that win, it's tough for me. Like, and this this would be one of those chaos scenarios where if Oklahoma wins out and Texas wins out, they meet each other in the Big Twelve Championship game, and Texas wins. That's one of those really tricky situations. And in that, it's tough because then it's like, well, do you give it to Texas because they beat Alabama? I don't know. That that's the tricky side it would of be this. Weird. It would be weird. It would come down to like, okay, did Texas win the rematch by a field goal, or or did they mm-hmm. win by three touchdowns? Like it would it would kind of come down to that. But exactly. Um, but in that in that same vein, they like they don't control their destiny at the same rate that Oklahoma does. Yeah. And so just based on that, even though it could change at any point down the stretch. I'm going impish on them just because I went admirable on the Sooners, if that makes sense. Fair. Cross you a little bit. I think I'm going to go admirable with Texas because, I mean, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, I think if they went out and beat Oklahoma, they're probably going to get in. They could both get in. Like if the Pac-12 cannibalizes itself and we get one Big Ten team and one SEC team and somebody takes out Florida State, it, I mean, it's it's that simple. That's a lot that has to happen, but a lot happens in college football week to week. It could it could happen. Because that game was so close at the old Texas State Fair, if Texas wins in any way, I think they did, they did just win the rematch. They beat everybody on their schedule which Oklahoma would have too, but Texas does have the Alabama win, which may or may not look good at the end of season, but as of right now, that's what we have. So I yeah. I think Texas can do it, and just for me, eye test-wise, Texas has consistently looked, to me, like one of the top-tier teams in college football sure. for the longest amount of time this season. So. See, that's what's tough for me, though, is like Texas gets the opportunity to avenge their only loss – but then Oklahoma, if they were to go undefeated and have suffer their only loss to Texas, doesn't get that same benefit. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, yeah, Texas played them once and then had a chance to come back and win it. Which, and I understand, you know, that they were both playing in that game, um, and Texas has the other quality win to Oklahoma's one. The committee that, very... that would kind of sting. That would kind of sting to me, I guess, a little bit. Oh, it would be for sure. The committee, though, 
this is who we're dealing with. They are very recency bias. Mm. They're what have you done for me lately? So sure, it could be a weird scenario, but honestly, I think Texas can do it unless they win by three points or less on a last minute field, last minute touchdown or field goal. Then I think you have your answer. Like mm-hmm. if they win by ten, you have your answer. Yeah. That's what and it's there's something, come. I guess, to be said on the fact that you actually won your conference. Like, you have that title yeah. ascribed to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hate that for Oklahoma, but yeah, in that situation. Oh, yeah, it would suck for Oklahoma. I guess I do get it. Okay. But number 10, the North Carolina Tar Heels. Admirable. Impish for me. Okay. Impish for me. I, I love it. I'm all, uh, you know, Drake May. I get it. Super fun, loving it for them, loving it for the ACC. They're not going to make it through Duke and Clemson both, two and zero. They're going to drop one. Fair counterpoints. Is Riley Leonard back? Are we still considering? And I'm not just trying to be the self-loathing <laughs> "woe is me" Clemson fan. Are we still considering Clemson a tough game at this point? I mean, they just beat Wake Forest by five. Yes. But I th- even with the question marks on Clemson, like watching that Florida State game kind of confirmed the thought for me of they can get up for the big that, games. Well, they can get up for big games and we're not that far removed. I mean, I'm even going to say we're removed. I mean, maybe one year here that is a bit of an outlier. But, you know, from Clemson running this thing, I mean, yeah. they have been the ACC's boogeyman for a long time. You, until you have shown that you can beat them, like you just haven't yet. That's fair. Yeah. So they could, they could very well do it. There's the potential. I mean, you no, know, but any, you know, you know, the old saying goes on any given Sunday, like, yeah, it could happen, but I don't feel confident that it will. I tend to lean on Clemson's experience and still talent. They're still very talented. I might be off base here, but a lot of the things I feel about Oklahoma, I also feel about North Carolina. Other than they're prone to some busted coverages from time to time. Gene Chizik's not always throwing the fastball, but they're complete. They're a good football team. They've got a very experienced quarterback who's as talented as anybody. And a good receiving core, good running game. I I just see this as a very complete team. I could absolutely see them going 2-0 against Duke and Clemson. Then you have your big showdown with, uh, like, win or get in North Carolina, Florida State, potentially, depending on if they're both undefeated when they show up. I don't know. I like North Carolina. I They're one of those teams that I think is very underrated right now. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you on that point because I am by default underrating them myself. <laughs> um, I, I, should, it, I should care about these less, but... When, like you said, with the Oklahoma vibes, in points per game allowed, they're 42nd. In yards per game allowed, they're 55th. Uh, I mean, 14th in turnover differential, you know, they've got that there for them. But the yeah, but dude, Oklahoma, not Oklahoma didn't have to play App State, dude. Please repeat that. Oklahoma <laughs> didn't have to play App State, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure. There you go. <laughs> Take that, take that badge of honor, and and strut it around. Um, I'm just, I'm just not quite in on it. So, yeah, 
Um, I don't, I don't quite view the defense in in the way that that you do there. In terms of like, are they a top twenty five defense? I don't think they are. Do they have to be? And that's kind of where we're at in college football. Do they have to be a top twenty five defense, or can they just be like good enough? I, I think so. I mean, the offense is is a is a good offense. It is mm-hmm. it is a top tier offense. Is it an offense that is just knock your socks off? We don't need a defense. I don't know if it's there yet. I think it can be. I I think I'm well. It can I think be. I'm, we're 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 at the midway point here. So when's it going to happen? I guess is my question. Well, I mean, you're starting to see it. Like they jumped up. 41 to 10 on Miami in the mid third quarter and then just took their foot off the gas. Like you're, you're kind of starting to see them do this in a way. I think, I think you're right. We're going to learn a lot about this team when they play, when they do that Duke Clemson and then potentially uh, FSU in the championship game stretch could be very wrong because I just, I, that baby blue is so nice. <laughs> it's so nice. It's so good looking. But, uh, yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Nice. I think I'm just, for some reason, willing to make a leap with this team. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with belief. Having a little bit of belief in there. That is our impish or, or admirable teams. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> I don't even want to have a transition. We, bo- we, both, uh, we both got really quiet as we came to the close of that segment because we knew what was next on the sheet. Uh, so uh, I don't like baseball. Morgan like Wallen, baseball. Morgan Wallen needs to write a new song. Oh, they've already done it on TikTok. I've they've seen already it. Done it. Yeah, twenty three Braves. We did it again. I uh, yeah, just heavy sigh, heavy sigh. Um, sad boys, sad boys. Brave support corner. Welcome to mm-hmm. it. We are sad boys this eve. And to have moments where it seemed like, oh, here it is. Here we come. This could be it, mm-hmm. and just fall fall flat. It's like well, and of course, there's the off the field stuff in there with it that just kind of compounded it, made it feel even worse. Yeah, I just there was nothing fun about it. Game two, the end of game two, man, I was riding high, thinking here we come. You guys, you know, counted us out. I was feeling like the Undertaker meme, like ready yeah. to rise from the tomb, and it just didn't happen. Just did not happen. I don't know, Dan. I mean, what 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 went wrong? Where where did this thing go so so poorly? There's so many things you can point to, but honestly, they're things that most teams deal with at this point. Mm-hmm. We had some pitchers injured. We had the layoff, which I hate using that as an excuse, but you can't deny this anymore. Like, this is two years in a row now where mm-hmm. all the top four teams have been extremely slow out of the gate offensively. The only reason the Astros are able to keep it rolling is because Jordan Alvarez plays for their team. It's a problem for a game or two. Like, the Braves' offense disappeared for the entire series. Acuna goes two for 15. Michael Harris was 0 for 13. Like, Austin Riley, shout out to him. He's the only one who kind of showed up. Yeah, he was trying, man. He like was if, trying. If anybody was doing it, he was trying. It was not, and it 
kind of stung. It was like live by the sword, die by the sword type yeah. thing. Because there weren't really, like it never really was feeling like a blowout. Mm-mm. But when you get two guys on base and then someone, you know, named Bryce Harper goes yard, like, well, now that's a pretty strong deficit to have to come back against. I mean, mm-hmm. Nick Castellanos just went unconscious and decided to have the series of his career. Um, By the way, what is the TBS crew thinking? Showing Charlie Manuel rehabbing from whatever he was going through right before Castellanos comes up to the plate and obviously sends one yard. That's just... Yeah, they spoke I think, it. I think that's the new cheating scandal. I, I'm with it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'm with you, man. Yeah, man, I don't know. It was tough because... If we came in and it was like, well, all the starters just laid massive eggs. Because, because they were, you know, we had a lot of, we were dinged up. Like, all right, I can see that. The bullpen can't close out a game. All right, well, our bullpen has been a little suspect. We're not the same type of bullpen that other teams bring into the postseason. Um, it's been kind of an up and down. Who's the guy? What have you? Just a few consistent dudes out there. But this fell on the offense. Mm-hmm. Just could not score. Could not score when you had the opportunity. Could not score consistently. Couldn't create opportunities or just leave them runs out there on the bases. Like if there was one thing coming into it, regardless of the pitching, it was like, okay, well, it's all right because the offense is there. We're going to yeah. hit our way out of it. And that did not happen. No. Not even remote, like we didn't even hit our way into these games, mm -hmm. except for game five or game two, excuse me. Yeah. And even that was late. Now, in my mind, on that, what, whatever it was, Tuesday night or what have you? No. Monday night. Monday night. Yeah. Yeah. On on that night, I was thinking, well, here we are, you know, like that's what arrived. The, 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 the cold has the cold streak been back. snapped. Yeah, exactly. Like the the layoff is over. That little hangover. Like we're in this thing now. But really, it was just a little flash in the pan. Yep. You know, little late inning magic that you can you can find every so often. And like you mentioned, Austin Riley. Like that's the reason. Yeah. That's that's why it happened. It's just because we had Austin Riley out there hitting the ball. It, it's just like we vanished just into thin air. I mean. It was it was sad. And like you said, I don't know if this is saying more about the Braves, more about the playoff format. Um can I can I just take a moment and, and, and yeah, just have yeah. a moment? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so I mean it, this will come across poorly as just a sour Braves fan. Oh, we're gonna say a lot of things that are gonna sound like we're deflecting and whining, yes. but we feel but, them, so we're gonna say them. I sincerely loathe and despise this playoff format. Agreed. It is, and regardless of if you want to say it's the reason that the Braves lost, the reason the Dodgers lost, the reason the Orioles lost, okay, well, one, let's kind of do that equation on these top teams that have been playing excellent baseball most of the year. Yeah. You know, Dodgers had a weird September, but still, Orioles and Braves were staying hot. Um Regardless of if you want to say that it's the reason that they lost, 
you I think anybody can come impartially to it and say that this layoff is not a benefit. The top five teams in baseball went one and thirteen. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think there are any teams left in the playoffs now with more wins than ninety. I think the Phillies have exactly ninety. Ninety wins is the top number. The teams with wins of 92, 99, 100, 101, 104, all of those teams are out of here. Yep. Now, the um, the Rays and the Brewers, of course, do not fall into this category. But still, it, it's regardless if you want to say it's the reason they lost, I think we can agree that it is not a benefit. And we've already seen Manfred come out and say, well, it's only been two years. I think we should just be a little patient. I understand it if like you have a couple of top seeds go out, but when it is now continuously happened these past two years in multiple occasions. I have seen Derek, both Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez both agree that this layoff is not good. When you see those two guys agreeing on something, it's a factor. Yeah. It's a factor. All-time Braves great, Ender Enciarte. Um, he had a, and I say that with some sarcasm. Dude, I loved Ender. I loved Ender. Honestly, he was my my wife's favorite player. He was she awesome. loved Ender Enciarte. Um, just a great dude. Ender's game. Yes, sir. He, he was a wonderful guy. He got us through a lot of that rebuild. He did. Um, but he had a great point of coming off. He was like, this is almost equivalent to you coming off the IL. I mean. Ooh. You've got to come out here and seriously, baseball, 162 games over all this time. It, one, it's a longer layoff than the All Star break. Mm-hmm. And we have seen teams go into and come out of the All Star break looking completely different. Yes. Yeah. And everyone is like, well, you got to credit the Phillies pitching. You do. You, you do. But you also have to understand that they were playing with a little bit of an advantage <laughs> because. Mm-hmm. They were facing a cold team that had a layoff, and, and the Braves were not facing a cold team that had a layoff. It'd be one thing if both teams were coming into it in that situation, but when you have one team that has had those days off, has to refine their rhythm, come into this thing cold, you know, that is one factor. But then, two, you're playing a team who has just won a playoff series. Mm-hmm and did not have a significant gap since the regular season ended. So those two things compounded, whether you want to say right or wrong as to whether they lost or not, we can debate that. I'm of the opinion that it plays a huge factor into why they lost. But at a minimum, I think we have to say... It's there. This is not a benefit. All right, I'm going to say something, and it's not going to sound good coming from a Braves fan, but... I think there has been an approach to the postseason from the Braves organization since Bobby Cox that is an admirable way to look at how you should go about your business, but has been proven over and over again that it just does not work. Bobby Cox was always big on, you treat the playoff games like regular season games. You trust your players out there. If they're struggling, you give them a chance. You don't make snap decisions based off what the other team is doing. You just you stay calm, you stay steady, and you just go play winning baseball. That sounds great. I love that. 
And I think it's Snicker's not exactly like Bobby Cox, but he is kind of a disciple of him, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he, of that same. Vein. He takes a lot of his approach from from Bobby Cox's influence. This is a great way to think about it. It would be nice if that was the way it was. This does not work. This, and I'm not saying that this is like exactly what Bobby Cox did to told his team, like, hey, we're just going to treat it exactly like the regular season. No, but he, I mean, he's made references to that in the past, and I'm sure Snicker has that in the back of his mind. The October is a completely different sport to April through. September. It just is. I think there needs to be a little more urgency from the Braves organization when coming into the postseason and how they manage the postseason games. I Snicker did not manage this series very well. I I think there's been some series in the past that he has not managed very well. But when it comes down to it, I think Snicker is the kind of guy that I want managing my club. I just I'm going to need need him to start taking a different approach to playoff baseball. And I would like to see that happen very soon. <laughs> I hear that. Yeah, I saw a lot of folks coming after Snit, you know, kind of almost calling for his head if you would. I was there for like half a second. Yeah. I, I mean it's I, I also, like many, extremely frustrated. Like, just seeing Vaughn Grissom at the plate in the last at-bat of our season haunts how me do, and will haunt me till next year. And how further. does that happen? I just am not with it. I, I don't know how. I, that. I don't know how. Obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. I don't know how Bryce Harper is left in the game. Um, excuse me. I don't know how Bryce Elder is left in the game to face Bryce Harper in game three. I just. Yeah. That had bad news written all over it, and it came to fruition. I, yeah. It was not great. Um, was not great. I mean, I, I now to all of the the Braves fans out there who continue to quarrel with Snit, I just I'm like, I don't know where else you go. That's the thing. I don't know who else you are like, all right, this is the guy I want. I don't want to you get a young dude in here that's analytics driven, it's gonna ruin this team. No nerds. I don't want a nerd. I don't mm-hmm. want to yeah. I don't want a Gabe Kepler. I do no. not want a Gabe Kepler. God no. <laughs> That's the that's the tough thing, man. Is baseball is 162 games. It's a whole season, and like to get to the playoffs, you have to be consistent in day in and day out. Mm-hmm. And it is tough. I know, like you're saying, to sw- flip that switch, and now we're in postseason mode. But it's like, well, what got us here? Yeah, you know, like it's how hard. did we win before? I mean, that's just a philosophically difficult question when it comes to baseball, and you know, I mean, so much of it is just perfect timing. You're you're healthy is yeah. you're you're healthy to a degree. You are hot to a degree. You know, the lineup is a certain way, the bullpen's a certain way, your starters are laid out just how you want them. It's just tough. It's tough to align all those stars. It is. Um, and and I get I hear what you're saying of you can't you you have to be consistent through the regular season to get to the dance. And it's hard to change everything you're doing. I don't think there has to be a complete change. I think there just mm-hmm. needs to be a slightly heightened sense of urgency when it comes to decision making from time to time. Should we talk about Attaboy Harper? Because I think that actually lends to a bigger issue I want to get into. Yeah, let's talk about it. Okay. Let's talk about it. Um, 
So I'm pretty sure everyone's aware because the entire Phillies roster wanted to make sure everyone was aware. Um, after the wild game two ending, Arcia was heard uh, in the Braves locker room, not in front of anyone, saying boy Harper, kind of as a joke with his team after he made a base running mistake to lose the game. I don't know where I fall with the reporter because I'm kind of like, I mean, if he's there and he hears it, it's fair game. I don't love it either way. I don't love that Arcia said it to begin with. I don't love that it was paraded around in the media when there seems as though there should have been a little bit of, I hate to say confidentiality, but you know, like sport locker rooms are a little bit of a rowdy atmosphere. Yeah. Like if you just went in there and put a tape recorder out and published everything the next day, there'd be a lot of very unfortunate things reported. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well, no matter how it got out, Harper heard it and he went MJ mode and took it extremely personally, which I thought was very petty of him. Mm-hmm. Um, don't like Bryce Harper. I don't like most of the Phillies players. I think they're kind of jerks. But agreed. It worked. Phillies fans are the worst. I'm sorry. Absolute worst. Philly fans are the worst fans in all of sports. I've said this many times before. I will continue to say it. I hate everything about the sports culture in that city. Anyway, it worked. Bryce Harper played phenomenal the next game, and he played very well the rest of the series. And he was kind of he went he went Terminator mode, and it, and it worked. There, here's what I want to get into about the Braves' personality makeup right now. Mm. I think the Braves are missing a guy or two in the clubhouse who can be that type of a competitor. Bryce Harper, for better or for worse, took that and used it to push himself to a level that was we haven't seen quite yet this year from Bryce Harper. When he stared down Orlando Arcia, both occasions, the response was, look down at the ground, don't look Bryce Harper in the eye. I think that was unfortunately kind of enigmatic of the whole situation. I desperately need... You remember when Brian McCann stopped Carlos Gomez from touching mm-hmm. home plate? I that needed a, a wonderful moment. I needed a moment like that right there. I needed somebody to stand up and say, hey, back off my guy. Like, And I needed... I don't know who it could have been. I don't know how it could have went down, but I, I needed them to stick up a little and I needed somebody to in the flow of the game just be like we got to punch them back like yeah there was a lack of competitive fire I think the Braves have a really good mix of two types of competitors they got lunch pail guys that are like show up get the job done don't say much move on and just go about your business and be great at it that's your Austin Riley's that's your Matt Olson's that's your Max Freed's love that about them then you've got the kind of the fun-loving, like, playing loose guys. That's your Ozzy Albies. That's your um, that's your Spencer Strider. Uh, that's your uh, Acuna. That's your Arcia. And that's great. You need those guys. But you need the other side of, of that kind of trifecta, and you need that kind of borderline psycho at times competitor that is going to, when the lights come on, and they're a little brighter than usual in October, and 
crap gets real. You need somebody to look to that's going to kind of lead the charge and be a spark plug. The Braves had this in uh, in in Jock Peterson in 2021. He doesn't have to be like a great everyday player. He just needs to be there. I, I don't know who this guy could be. I I don't know how they... I don't, I don't know, but I needed to see that side of competition from them in response in this series, and it just didn't happen. And I don't know who that could be. I think maybe Strider could be that guy. Somebody needs to step up in that way because I think the Braves are missing that edge right now. So I'm, I'm going to counter on counter in two ways, I guess, if you would. Um, Number one, I think you have a guy like that, but he's he's not on the he's not active on the team right now, and that's Tyler Matzik. I was about to say that. I was about to say he, that. Yeah. He now he goes to war on Twitter for sure. <laughs> he he is he has not lit that up, um, but he's kind of like that. But number number two, and I love the way you described those guys because I think you're accurate and kind of lunch pail show up, get the job done, head to the house, um, or fun love him playing free and loose, just loving life. But the thing, like the way this team has been built, and, you know, for better or worse, the way Snit runs this team, is that is who he wants. He, it's not about, it's not about getting up emotionally in response to something or getting down in response to something emotionally. Tend to agree that it's good to have a guy like that that's going to come out and, you know, look like he's going to hit somebody in the mouth. That's just not how the team's been built. I hear you, and there's a lot of I, I, I think it's great, but I think if you want to win in October, you got to have that edge too. Look at what the Phillies have. Kind of who I'm talking, and I'm not saying I want to be like the Phillies. That's not, not saying that. I would hate it if our team looked like that team. I, I hate those guys. Mm-hmm. Trey Turner's kind of cool, but like I hate those guys. The, the Phillies don't get down. They just, they just take the moment for what it is, and they're like, oh, okay. I see that. Here's our here's our rebuttal. Um, and I think we need it doesn't have to be this crazy jump of the personality of the team. I, I just need some sort like the Braves need to find a fight about themselves when the moment comes in October. Cause I, I and they found it, they found it in 2021. So it's not impossible for this team to do it. And they don't even have to change like their identity in a way. Like they just need to respond to the moments as they come. Yeah. Well, the only thing, like you said, though, like with the with the Phillies is I I get the sense of them, at least in the regular season, they're just kind of apathetic. Yeah. Like they're just playing these games because they got to. And they just want to slip into the wild card. You know, like that that's their formula. The Braves have made a decision. One of the ways we're measuring success is winning this division. Mm-hmm. So you almost have to, I guess, change the goals of the team, not so much the build or the structure, but what are we aiming at? Yeah, Um, and that's going to need to be, because I think this franchise has gotten to a point under this group. Like, I think if we have this season in 2019 or 2020, we're like, ah, oh well, but you know what? We're building towards something. No, like we're here. The championship window's open, and there is a desperation to not have this group do what the '90s Braves did, and really have teams that should win a few. I'm not saying they got to win every year, 
they sh- they should win more than just one in this era. And I'm wor- I'm a little worried that history is repeating itself because of this similar approach. I don't think the approach has to totally change, but I do think there needs to be a, hey, when we get to October, it's going to be a little more pressing in more ways sure. than one. Sure. I hear that. Yeah, it's tough. As the optimistic Braves fan still is there within me, trying not to throw himself off the cliff, he still lives and he still breathes. And it, it is hard in a, in, a, in a game like baseball to look at this season. And I know many will, yep, and you probably, Dan, are like, yeah, it's a failure, total failure. You know. We, oh, I said it before. the before I yeah. said this in September. It's World Series or we failed. Yeah. We've gotten but, to that point as a franchise. And I understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. I still, though, I'm like, I don't want to lose what what we did get to witness this year. We still saw Ronald Acuna, you know, I mean, go out and make history for the game of baseball. I mean, Matt Olson smash franchise records. This offense, though they didn't show up in October, um, still set their own records and be a historically good offense. You know, I I hate that we're going to miss some of that shine, but I'm still just trying to hold on to, man, there were some amazing accomplishments in this season. They're going to be marred by this October performance, but I just hope that we're not so quick to forget that there was some joy and lots of great success in this 2023 season. Yeah, it was awesome. It was great. Uh, Maybe a country star write a sad song about us in 25 years. (laughs) that's what we are that's what we are right now and it sucks rinse and repeat (laughs) yeah all right really quickly dan um well i guess let's just look at how this thing's about to shake out so as we're recording tonight the rangers are uh up in a 2-0 wagon uh, advantage got the wagon wagon the rangers might be the team (laughs) they might do it man and, you know, maybe if they win the ALCS, it's like, okay, well, you know, looks like none of these teams with the first-round buy are here, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. Um, regardless, yeah, dude, they've got a hot start, and, dude, I, I'm with you. I think I like these Rangers to go ahead and make it make it to the World Series here. You can't, um, can't count out the Astros because they, I mean, we know what they can do. Um, they can flip this around really quick and it would be such an astro thing to do to just oh, swipe yeah. two from the rangers at home and then and then win the last two so but the rangers are looking like they're in a great great spot right now so it would be but like you just said the rangers get to go back home now yeah so which we don't really know is the rangers is the rangers home crowd i mean it's not the bank but it could be I see it what could you're be, saying it could be a factor. They are playing Creed. They are powered by Creed in the stands. Mm-hmm. That's this may be the recipe. People aren't talking about that. That's right. <laughs> They're not talking about it. Can you um, take me higher? Or to where <laughs> You can do a lot of impressions. I can do Creed, man. I'm not gonna match that, dude. <laughs> That's incredible. I love some Creed, dude. <laughs> They're so good. But um, 
Phillies Diamondbacks, I have almost no analysis. I have no preview, but go gosh darn Diamondbacks. Hey, everything what, that I have, I give I to you? Arizona. I am with you now. I know that I was putting I the Braves in here. I'm an I'm an Arizona Diamondbacks fan every single day for the rest of the year. Snakes I need play this. for rings. Snakes play for rings, man. They don't have That's any right. hands to put them on, but they could slip them over their slimy little tails. They are rattling for rings out there in the desert. Um, I, rattling I told for you, rings. I love it. Rattling for rings. I, t- I told you, don't be shocked if if the Arizona Diamondbacks end up... If Don't don't say I didn't try to warn you if the Diamondbacks end up in the World Series, and we, we could be there. I, th- I honestly... Maybe it's just my Phillies hatred clouding me so much. Also, you know what sucks about this? Just go back to sad boy Braves talk. My uh, future mother-in-law grew up in the Philly area and is mm. always... She's not a Phillies fan, but she, whenever the Braves lose to the Phillies, she's like, well, if it couldn't be the Braves, I just love no, that it was no. my hometown Phillies. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't say that. You don't, Mm-mm. you don't, no, 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 no. That's not what you say to me right now. <laughs> no, not at all. No. And I understand where she's coming from, you know, like sometimes in... Like yep. SEC world, it's like, well, if the dogs didn't win it, then it might as well be the Tigers. Like, nope, nope, not in this situation. Not at all. No love lost. But I, I, I weirdly think the Diamondbacks have have the uh, the recipe to rob the bank, if you will, and potentially win the series. Like, in fact, let's why don't we pick these? I mean, we both think the Rangers are going to close it out. I I think the I think the Diamondbacks are going to beat the field. I have no basis or claims for supporting it, but I think the Diamondbacks will win. I'm speaking it into existence. I have I have no rationale for it. It is merely hey, what I'm saying. Hey, I think the Diamondbacks are going to win the World Series. Oh. I think that, don't tell anybody, but I think the Diamondbacks are going to win the World Series. I think they're going mean, to beat the Rangers. You just told a few folks. Okay. Yeah, just, just you know. Keep it a secret. I, I really like the Diamondbacks. I think they're going to win the series i i think the rangers have got it just okay based on what i would say is quote unquote firepower um oh they're a heavyweight for sure yeah and, and that's kind of what my ding was on the diamondbacks coming into this was do they have enough firepower now they sure enough have got enough to have not lost a game yet i like the rangers uh i like the rangers to win now there is a factor that I don't Creed. I don't think people are considering. Creed is a factor. <laughs> there <laughs> is a factor a that people are not considering. So, Dan, uh, who, who won the World Series in 2021? Uh, that would be the Atlanta Braves. Who won the World Series in 2022? That would be the Houston Astros. Okay. Will 2021, Smith. the Atlanta Will Braves. <laughs> Will Smith. 2022. On the Houston Astros, Will Smith. Where's Will Smith play in 2023? The Los Angeles Dodgers. The Texas Rangers. You didn't get my joke. I know. Yeah. I know. It's okay. It was a battle of the of the jerseys. I remember being there that night, and it was quite fun. Um, yeah, dude. Will Smith factor. Rangers have got it. And if the Braves don't rush out and trade or sign for him next year, then I don't know what I'm going to do. I never thought I would say this, but clearly Will Smith has the power. So bring him back to Atlanta. <laughs> I got, uh, you know how I said I was going to do t- top 10 Dan's list a while back? The the top 10 Dan's? The now, top 10 Dan's. Fresh off the press. Some, oh, 
okay. We may need some criteria because I felt as I was throwing Dan's out there and you were like, no, that doesn't count. Not a Dan. The criteria is Dan. They go by D-A-N. Not Danny, no Daniels, just Dan. The AP top 10 Dan's. Are you ready for this? We're going to start at 10 and go up. Oh, the AP. Okay, so the Associated Press got yes. with you on this one. Yes, uh, I know it's lamestream media, but you know, it's, it's whatever. It happens, man. Um, what you get? Coming in at number 10, former Vice President of the United States, Dan Quayle. Easy top 10. I mean, let me tell you, that's exactly who I had. <laughs> who did he serve under? Dan Quayle? What? He served oh. under President H.W. Bush. H.W., <laughs> baby. Come H-dub. on. H.W. Um, so, yeah, I had to put him on. He's the he's a high-ranking officer, as we said. Oh, you, you had to. Every, I had mean, to. people would have been outraged had you not put Dan Quayle on this list. It's got to be Dan Quayle. It's Dan Quayle or bust. Anyway. Oh, uh, my gosh. He came in just under myself at number nine. I'm going with oh me. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> number nine. You just put yourself over a former vice president. That's I don't care if nobody who knew who Dan Quayle was until this episode. You've now superseded a former person who was second in line to the presidency. That feels a little bit... We know those people on Capitol Hill aren't really <laughs> doing much. They haven't been in a while. Number eight, Dan Smith, the lead singer of Bastille. They wrote the song Pompeii back about 10 years ago. I love how you just informed us <laughs> as if we've not heard Pompeii. The hit song, Pompeii. Pompeii. <laughs> like there's some indie band that you needed to promote real quick. Oh, yeah. No wonder they named the, the, the band Bastille because Dan Smith is about as generic as a uh, name as you could find. 100%. Had to get some differentiating factor. Uh, number seven, Dan Reeves, former Falcons head coach. Probably the best, probably the best head coach the Falcons have ever had up to this point, and he was very mediocre, but he was a great dude. Well, you know, uh, a top ten Dan. So yeah, Uh, he's up there too. He's climbing the ladder. We'll see where he comes in next week. Um, Number is this an ongoing list? Oh, of course, every week. (laughs) Oh, every week. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You can't look at the power rankings though. They're too like recency biased. They don't take legacy into into effect. Uh, number six, Dan Fouts. Wait, wait, wait. Is, is Dan supposed to climb the rankings from the grave? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. This is, uh, <laughs> Just curious, because you said he may climb, but uh, he's the passed. committee. The committee takes in information from past, present, and future. Of Do course. they AI generate the, his, his potential production? They know, they know what his stance would be okay. on certain topics. Also, Dan Quayle might be dead. I don't know. No, he's alive. Oh, he is? Yeah, I was Googling him when you said it because I had okay. no idea. Number six is Dan Fouts, former Chargers quarterback. Uh, he had a mustache, and he could just hurdle the ball down the field. He was awesome. Uh, number five, Dan Marino. Even better as a quarterback. Uh, number four, Dan Aykroyd. Nice. I, I was mean, looking for Aykroyd. He had to be on there. Uh, I got some sportscasters coming up. Number three, Dan Patrick. I mean, he's a legend okay. of the game. Uh, I'm ESPN intrigued at Dan Patrick being ahead of Dan Marino. Oh, yeah. Dude, Dan Patrick is like, he's the man. Yeah, just, you know. Yeah, I mean, Dan Marino. I t- did Dan Marino ever win a Super Bowl? Well, did Dan Patrick? He covered a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
There's your measuring stick. Marino right. only went to one. Dan Patrick went to a lot. So sure. I don't know. Okay. Number two, Dan Katz, a.k.a. Big Cat of Pardon My Take. <laughs> just oh, my goodness. One of my heroes. Just, just love the guy. Uh, and, of course, I referenced it earlier. Number one is Dan Campbell. Number one is always Dan Campbell. Number one will be Dan Campbell forever. So, never you you won't ever um, approach Campbell level. I mean, you don't think that's sacrilegious. <laughs> how how could you ever, man? Um, well, that's a that's a that's a great list of Dan's that you have there, Dan. When you put the the very strict guidelines that they have to be Dan. Yeah. They cannot be Daniel or Danny. It very quickly. Yeah. Many are called, fewer chosen. Down. Oh my gosh. Many are called, fewer. So now we're quoting Jesus. Um, <laughs> that's great. I, I love that, that that happens here in that way. Well, Dan Bilzerian, anybody? <laughs> He'd be on the not top 10 dance. Oh, he's on the opposite There's side. There's a few. Of the list. There's a few that I that I was like, ooh, yeah, they they've been they've been kicked out. Oh well, no, actually, he's also on the not top ten list of Dan's. I'm just looking at Dan's now. Who's that? Uh, Dan Orlovsky. Oh yeah, he's he's like he's he is like if Dan Campbell is our is our Lord and Savior, Dan Orlovsky <laughs> is Satan. He is yes. Lucifer. <laughs> Kind oh, of sim- hang on wait, now. Hang on wait, now. Wait. He was a Lions quarterback and he got kicked out. Oh. Hey, there's a theme here. There's a theme there. There's an there is he he was ejected from the heavens of Detroit. Wait, Dan Orlovsky was the one who started this whole conversation. Really? Yeah. A few oh. years ago we were talking about Dan Orlovsky, and I was like, Yeah, he doesn't rank too high on the Dan rankings. And that got this oh. whole thing going. Full circle. Look at that. You're a pro. Full circle. Uh, my only last petition, Dan Ugla. I hated Dan Ugla. But the forearms, man. <laughs> Those forearms were awesome. All right, so don't put Dan Ugla on the list. Just put Dan Ugla's forearms. He can be number yeah. 11. He might be 10. He might give Dan Quayle a run for his best. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. How could you ever get rid of Dan Quayle? <laughs> that just, I mean... Dan, Stud of a human. Dan Quayle is, is like Notre, preseason Notre Dame. He's just always going to be in there. <laughs> he <laughs> has to be, regardless of where he ends up. He has to start there. I love it. Oh, man. All right. Well, this was a great way to end. Um, and, yeah, so thank you so much for listening to the Lunch Hour Sports Show. Consider yourself educated on all the top bands in this world. And, dude, hey, we're in the heat of college football NFL is exciting. College basketball is coming back. College basketball is coming back. Let's go. Um, any of you that can enjoy playoff baseball, uh, do Have so. Fun. Have fun. But enjoy yourselves there on your We're own. Out. Yes, but thank you guys once again for listening to the Lunch Hour Sports Show. Keep your eyes peeled on some new social media channels, a new logo. I think we're going to have some new theme music in this guy, Dan. I'm going to throw some new theme music up oh, in there. And I think, I think you're going to... You're going to be vibing and grooving a little bit, as the kids say. All right. Thank you guys so much. We'll talk to you next week. It's going to slap. That's what the kids are saying. All right. Bye, guys. (laughs) It's going to slap.